Welcome to the Career Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Orlando Haynes, and here is where we provide actionable advice for your career and life. Stay tuned, lock in, let's go. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Career Talks Podcast. I say it every time. I am your host. Um, my goal really is to build the number one live stream uh, podcast on LinkedIn. So that's that's a passion and a vision of mine. And I can only do that uh, through you folks watching and plus the amazing guest uh, that I bring to you each week uh, to share actionable advice uh, to help your career in life. So I don't know. These folks are just amazing. I could not do it without them. And every year, every season, this is the fourth season. So every season, the guests are are just as phenomenal as the prior season. So super blessed to, to connect with these folks on this platform. Uh, but before we get started, I'm sure you've seen the flyer. You know who I have. Um, if you don't know who she is, you will know today. Uh, she is an amazing coach. But uh, this episode quickly is sponsored by The Career Accelerator Planner. It's a planner that my partner and I, Karen Turner, uh, put together. It's designed for the corporate professional so you can track your performance, your wins, your projects all in one place. So when it comes time for those crucial conversations around career growth, merit increase, um, salary uh, performance, anything like that, or you're looking to transition from one company to, to the next or need to get your resume uh, boosted up, you have all the projects and wins that you've done uh, in that one place. So you're not leaving your intellectual property behind in the company you you sat with or transitioning from. So you can jump to the careeraccelerateplanner.com and grab yourself a copy. We'll also shortly here have a digital form. It'll be a fillable PDF form where you can also do the same thing. All right. So this young lady, if you don't know her, Linda Gardner, she is also uh, killing it on IG. If definitely go to her IG page and you'll see all the, the phenomenal career coaching uh, tips she's providing you. Uh, so let's bring her to the forefront. I look forward to this conversation about getting unstuck. Let's go, Miss Linda. How are you? Thanks for having me on and hi for tuning in. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I forgot. I was about to say you're in California or Canada. Where, which one? Canada. Canada. That's right. Toronto, That's right. Canada. Awesome. Now, there's a lot of people that I've had. I wouldn't say a lot, but a good number of folks in Canada, coaches that are uh, doing phenomenal work. So you're probably my fourth or fifth guest that are just oh. some, something's in the water out there. That's feeding, <laughs> uh, all you great uh, career coaches. So I, <laughs> hats off to Canada for uh, for putting together such a, a phenomenal group of coaches out there. So share with folks uh, more about Linda Gardner, your background, your your company, your business, et cetera. Of course. Um, so a little bit about me. I'm a licensed HR professional who turned to a career coach. And uh, recently, my third year of business now as a founder of Your Next Career at Linda. And um, what really sparked my business three years ago was the fact that 
started helping out friends and family. I obviously have uh, over 10 years of being in recruitment in HR and, you know, having the drive and motivation to help others succeed. And working in corporate, I guess I've done um, recruiting in an agency, in a corporate world, I felt the need to do more. And, you know, you can relate to this, Orlando. When you're working for an employer, you're obviously working for the employer. So you're more pro-employee. But when I started my business, I felt the need to help more candidates, more clients out there, just kind of help them land that successful job. And it really stemmed for me because with my own experience, I was stuck for odd times throughout my career. And I feel like, you know, if I had known someone who can pull, kind of pull me out of the rut and get me out of where I was, it would have been a lot, it would have been a lot smoother transition. So that's where my business stemmed from. And yeah, I've been doing it since and helping a lot of folks out there, predominantly women, and, um, you know, started my one-on-one coaching business and coaching uh, program late last year. So I run an eight-week private coaching program as well and, and met so many phenomenal women along the way. And it's just so rewarding. Um, yeah, it's been a great journey today. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. So, you, yeah, you touched on something that's uh, that you made a good point about being in the corporate space and working, having that mindset of for the, you know, the employer first. And that it, sometimes when I led teams, I, I had to educate them to say, hey, let we can't, I call it the case manager, case management kind of mindset to where a case manager will have a stack of, you know, cases they need to work through, but they can get really attached to it as a, you know, HR professional in that space. You really couldn't. But now as an entrepreneur, you can pick and choose who you want to you know, support and help out, which is phenomenal. Uh, so a question around the model of your business. You mentioned predominantly women. Was that the plan initially or just it just happened by osmosis? To be honest, um, it was it was helping all sorts of all sorts of ages and all sorts of group of people. And it just start to stem me where I felt a lot of women, particularly women in their mid careers um, or moms, I guess, because I showcase a lot of my mom side of stories on IG and LinkedIn as well, um, that there's a lot of women out there who are just feeling stuck, especially when they're coming back from maternity leave or some kind of leave where they feel that they need that extra confidence, extra boost to get back out there. Um, so I just felt like that's a story that I could share and be able to relate to a lot of the communities, um, the women out there. So that's where it's kind of steer, like, I mean, like being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. sometimes you're, you're, when you're, um, passionate about something and it just kind of steer in that direction. So that's where it's been going so far. And yeah, I mean, it's been great and helping a lot of women get back on their feet. Um, again, predominantly if they've been returning from maternity leave or they've been laid off or they just kind of need that extra boost. I mm -hmm. feel like that's something that I can be that voice for them and just kind of coach, coach and guide them along the way. Awesome. Awesome. So mm -hmm. we're talking about getting unstuck. Obviously, yeah. uh, we chatted prior to through the email uh, and you said this was something uh, that some of your clients, most of your clients are coming to you for. Uh, so how did that come about? To where now you're you're you kind of have a program and correct me if I'm wrong, but what are you seeing from your clients now that where are they stuck at? Because I'm sure this could appeal to most everybody. Yes. Where did that stem from? Um, so what it stems from is I feel 
the women that I speak to, I guess, um, based on over three years is just women who are, again, mentioned if they're having a bit of break in the career or or if they've been in a role for 15, 20 years, not such a role boss. And I've seen this in the corporate side as well, because if you are in control of your career, you essentially are, you know, having the employer being the driver's seat of your career. They, I've seen it so many times, and I'm sure you can see it in your career where they'll shift people back and forth. And if you don't have a defined career path, they'll shift you wherever you, you know, they feel the need to fill that position. And I've seen women who are again further in the career, 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. even in HR, like you, you would assume in HR, you would have more control of your career, but it comes down to what you want out of your career at the end of the day. So feeling that you've been in that position for 10, 15 years or so, and you don't know what the next step, because you've been not in control, your employer's been shipping you back and forth um, based on their needs. So I feel like that's an area of, um, of target where becoming the voice for the women and just helping them getting back on their feet, whether and it's not just a matter of a resume fix up or a LinkedIn optimization. Like I go much deeper in that because anybody can go to a consultant and get a resume fix and LinkedIn these days, but it goes a lot deeper than that. And that's where it's ingrained into my eight week program. So what I teach is give you already an idea of what I teach in the beginning of my program is called um, Aikigai. It's basically a concept where it uh, refers back to the purpose of your life. So if you want to, Go back into the interest when talks about um, your purpose, when uh, relating to your passion, your interests, your motivation, um, different areas like that. So it goes a lot deeper to figure out, you know, the next of my career, is it just going to be another project management role? Like, mm-hmm. do I want to be able to dig deeper and, you know, find an other side of me? Because we, most of people are multi-passionate. They just don't know what step to take. And they're afraid because I feel like, you know, with things going on the last two, three years, it's been uncertain for a lot of people right. and people are afraid to make that next move because, yeah, I mean, um, the pandemic has hit a lot of people a lot of different ways. And that's also another motivation that I stirred in my business because a lot of people were impacted um, all around the world, um, specifically in North America. I felt like there's my skills that's needed to require to be able to help fill that next step. Um, which is why you know I launched my program and be able to help um, those within that area who are struggling. Now, sp- spell spell the name of that. You said Aikido or uh, Aikido. So I K. I G A I. Oh, you're good. It yeah, says- it fr- froze a little bit, but you're fine. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So. Um, with the with the, the level of candidates uh, or should I say clients that you you're working with, you know, you said 15 years in the business, 20 years. W- what are some things that they're you seeing that they're stuck in? Is it um, they're they not know if they want to stay in the industry? They're not sure if they want to go up in you know in levels. Where are some areas that folks are getting stuck that you notice based on your clientele? Um, I find that a lot of them are being stuck in the industry. So they're yeah. 10, 15 years stuck in healthcare. I mean, healthcare is a very, 
a wide range, a wide industry right now, because either you're, it's in it for you or not. Um, clients of mine have uh, want to remove themselves and be able to tap into other industry just because um, they're burnt out. So, um, you know, having them going through this exercise and going through this program, I mean, that's a great way for them to just dig deeper in that sense. But a lot, I find the shift is moving towards leaving the industry because now that, and I find that at least a lot of my clients during the pandemic, it was a really great time for them to assess their career situation. Mm-hmm. It's just if they are able to make the move. Um, affordability wise and demand wise to making sure, you know, their skill sets are sharpened enough to make the pivot. That is something that they have been shifting to. They're just confused. And that's why they've been so stuck because not how they can bridge the gap. So we have these acquired skills. So what I uh, um, teach them is having them take a stock of their, um, you know, of their inventory. So essentially taking a status of their career and seeing what skills they have and helping them bridge the next step. And that looks so different for everybody, different stage of their career, different age, different group of people, and just helping them bridge the gap in order to make that career pivot. So a lot of them have been making pivots, at least the clientele that I've been dealing with, mm-hmm. and um, and just being there to support them because we know it doesn't happen overnight, especially if you've been in that industry for 10, 15 years, that's all you know. Um, and a lot of them having to step out of their comfort zone. Because if you've been ingrained in the healthcare field, for instance, one of my clients have worked in the medical field for 10, 15 years, that's all she knows. And she really wants to tap into the construction industry for this particular client. Um, and she just doesn't know how, but she has all the skills that it's just a matter of presenting your brand to target where you, which companies, which industry and what field you want to target. So it's just a matter of helping them bridge that to get them unstuck because Essentially, if they're going to rebrand themselves into a different company, they're still going to be stuck um, within the same field. They're not going to be in a different role or different. They may be a different role, but mm-hmm. the same um, industry and just a matter of different, different, yeah, industry. Yeah, I think that's. And correct me if I'm wrong. Give me your opinion as well. That's the toughest switch is to make an industry switch because it's a combination of industry and skill set too so it's like a double kind of whammy where you're going from healthcare like you said to construction my mind would never think that right so that's that's very interesting how are you like what are the first things you're talking to the clients when they come to you and saying hey linda this is what i want to do been in this role you know whether they're a nurse or an administrative in the healthcare field and i want to go here what's your first steps to kind of walk them through to see to make sure one they're thinking it through and two, um, it's something they're really passionate about and that they're not looking at it just like a monetary gain or something. Of course. Yeah. And it's definitely, so what it's great that you brought that up because it's beyond the monetary gain because right now they're looking for that next step. That's going to be fulfilling because if it's a, if it's a monetary gain, they can just make their move on their own and, you know, hope that they would land in the IT job. But the key is not just, the key is to be as strategic as possible and build a career path for them. So we sit down, have a conversation. We go through the Aikigai um, method. Um, and essentially, it's um, uh, broken down to four different categories. includes passions, uh, vocation. Um, there is interest and profession, I believe. There's four. And they cover the four different areas. We do a complete brain dump. So we're going to scrap everything in a perfect world. 
Take out the monetary amount. Take out the job stability amount. Take out all of that. What is it that you want to do and see yourself in the long term? So we're doing all that um, brain dump to figure out what is it they want to make that move and be able to, and then the next step would be able to figure out what is the current skill set they have. So if they want to be able to move into, again, my client in healthcare who is a research coordinator wanting to move project magic construction, mm-hmm. like you said, it's like, woo, two different um, ends, right? So the skills that she has would be people skills, communications. Um, I'm sure she's done project management, but she probably doesn't picture herself as a project manager because mm-hmm. she's dealing with different you know, different clients, different patients, but we want to make those skills transferable and highlight that because now we are rebuilding her brand and be able to, when she's doing this exercise and doing her brain dump, she'll be able to, uh, excuse me, assess what is it she has, what it takes to get those acquired skills, what needs to be upgraded. And in terms of um, um, what she needs what skills or qualifications or license she needs to acquire to get to that position. And it's always multiple step. It's not like your next job, you might be a project manager right away. You may have to go to, you know, starting off with a specialist, a coordinator, then transition. But the key is to look at it um, um, on a long-term goal and be able to work towards that. And that's how you're going to see and build confidence to get unstuck. Because if you don't have that career path, you're going to be at a lost cause and just, you know, being a hamster and treading on the wheel and just figuring out Mm. what am I doing next? So the key is to build that career map with them and to be able to figure out how can I bridge that? How many years will it take me to get my PMP license? Uh, What experience would I need to be able to tap into the the construction industry? So, yeah, it's like a full on. (laughs) No, that's good. That's really good because I think that's a your your structure and your program has uh it's it's not just okay like you said earlier at the top of the top of the call was let me just spruce up your resume or your linkedin profile and pat you on your back and say good luck in in your transition you know i brought some of your project management skills to the front but it's deeper because this is a life-changing um you know decision you're making where your income can potentially drop in the beginning because you're you're changing industries and fields like you said you're not going to have a not necessarily the some that do that don't where you're you're having a lateral income uh switch but in a brand new industry so that's that's good that you're breaking down for for really for them to do a self-assessment mm-hmm. and say you know what linda this is probably not what i thought or yeah i think i want to dive deeper so in that breakdown when you're doing the career mapping um how much homework are you giving them for them to, <laughs> that sounds like a, a good spot, <laughs> good question. Yeah. So how much homework are you giving them to say, hey, you're coming to me to help you, but how much have you done to make sure this is the right move for you? It's funny you brought that up because um, when I built this program, because originally when I started my business, I did provide the resume revamp, LinkedIn optimization. So a lot of the bulk of the work was on me. So you pay me for a service and I do it for you. But Things have turned changed now. So the program is built for the like the clients. So they have to know what they're getting their involved in, what they're um, getting involved in with. So it's not a matter of me doing the work for you. I'm the coach. I will be guiding and providing recommendations and guidance and you know answering some of your questions. But you have to be willing to do the work. So there is homework on a weekly basis. 
um, there's a task assigned after each lesson. So over the eight over the course of eight weeks, they are spending anywhere an hour or four hours on the assignment, depending how often or you know how much they want to put into it. At the end of the day, I tell them like, I'm here for you. Utilize me for eight weeks. If you're going through an interview, if you're going through a job or if you're struggling in other areas, utilize me for eight weeks. I'm here for you. I'm your personal career cheerleader is what I tell them. So it depends what their motivation is. And obviously, in the beginning of the program, um, I do an assessment to see if, you know, as much as I'm a fit for uh, as much as like we want to make sure we're a fit for each other. Right. So there's just like much like an interview, right? You're interviewing the client, the client's interviewing you. Um, so you want to make sure there's a fit there to make sure that I'm not doing, I'm not carrying all the workload throughout the eight weeks because essentially I'm just doing all the work and you're not going to get the results you want because you haven't done anything or you haven't done much as much as that is expectation of the program. So when I'm assessing my um, prospects, um, I want to make sure that's a fit for the program and myself and, you know, vice versa. So there is homework behind um, each session and I lay out with the, uh, um, the tenure of the program, essentially what is inclusive within the program, what's expectations. And yeah, so far, you know, you get some odds and you get some really good um, clients who are just in there really gung-ho about it and everything. And then you have some, you just got to push a little bit, but at the end of the day, the material is there. I'm here. Um, the resources there. And um, yeah, it's just a matter of how much do they want it for themselves at the end of the day. That's what they got to ask themselves. So have you come across where, candidates or clients i keep saying candidates but clients are like whoa i i didn't know that and they kind of shift it or say you know what i think i'm gonna pause and stay where i'm at because the, the work ahead is not what i anticipated like what are some expectations you're setting with them to before you kind of dive in you know let me make sure i frame this correctly so as you're in the screening process with your client mm -hmm. um what are those expectations that you're setting so they understand like hey this is not a, uh, a me do it for you. Copy. We just, you just stroke a check and then, uh, you know, eight weeks later, I'm gonna find you a new opportunity. It's here's, here's what you should expect in this eight week journey in this current climate. Mm -hmm. What does that look? What are those conversations? Uh, so this conversation, like? Yeah, it's a great point. Um, the conversation obviously starts at the beginning before they sign on before everything. So usually I do like a 30 minute can go up to 30, 45 consults in the beginning mm -hmm. and just having, um, a, you know, a raw conversation and actually showing them and giving examples of some of my past clients, like um, what I'm looking for in an ideal client as well. So letting them know, like this program is driven by the clients. I'm here to guide and support you. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to learn how to tell your own resume. I'm, it's like I was telling them, I'm very upfront about it because I really don't want to waste their time, nor I don't want to waste my time. Um, I've ex explained to them the difference between the service I used to provide and uh, what I currently do now. And essentially, you know, are you willing to, you know, rebuild your personal brand? Are you learning to, you know, tailor your resume moving forward? Are you, you know, up for all of that? And I'll give them examples of some of the materials that I do offer. Uh, don't give it all, but I give some of the materials to have an idea of, you know, what are you, you're signing up for? And it's like, an, I'm telling you, it's straight up, it's an intense eight weeks. And, um, and I tell them like, I'm, I, you know, I show them tough love because essentially I want them to achieve the results at the end of the day. They may not achieve it at the end of the eight weeks, but they're going to come out as a different person because they're going to learn so much more than something they can just, you know, read through a textbook or, you know, watch through a bunch of videos. 
um, to learn because I'm providing them industry experience from my 10 years and what is current and what is actually working um, based on what I've um, dealt with other clients. So that's where I'm just giving them the raw the raw image of everything that's going on. And again, providing some of the material, it gives them a really assessment of, you know, is this something I can sign up for? Because mm-hmm. I've had people um, said, you know, maybe this is not the right time for me. And that is a thing for me because if it's not a right time and if you're going to find like, you know, there's going to be a break within your, within the eight weeks, you stop at four or five weeks or so, that's going to be disruptive to the program. So right. that's, you know, if you have any commitments, you know, should be outside of the eight weeks, then this program is right for you. So yeah, I think I really um, work really hard to build this program. So if there's someone who's not a match, then I'll let them know, like, you know, there's other career coaches who are great at me and I can refer you to, but maybe this is not the right program for you. (laughs) And I love, I love your approach, um, which I I think I've seen a few coaches do it as well. Now adapting to where they're empowering their client. Again, it's not like I'm going to hand everything to you on a silver platter. Like, no, I need you to really dive in to where you can, like you said, can build your resume post my coaching um, and you know what to do going forward. It's not for you to kind of hang on to the umbilical cord. It's just, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to train you. I'm going to equip you. Then I'm going to send you on your way for you to go execute. So I love that approach. Love that approach. When it comes to, you know, uh, as you're looking deeper into the career mapping, um, what are some of the common themes? And I like to ask this question of coaches. What are some of the common themes you're seeing across your client base where, whether it's a, an epiphany or their struggle or where they're, you know, areas where they're not seeing? I, I would say the common theme across them, across the clients that I've been working with is, um, you know, expecting results to happen immediately. And mm-hmm. I know, I mean, you can only, you can't control the market, but right. you can control and be, you know, recession proof. You can be um, essentially protect yourself because I always preach and I tell a lot of my clients, even on social media, um, that if you are not in control of your career, who is, which is the employer? So, and I refer this back in the earlier conversation, Orlando, is that, you know, if you put yourself and you're not in control where the employees are controlled, they're going to shift you back and forth. Because I've seen it so much, like through succession planning, through layoffs, they're going to shift you back and forth. You may be in a different bunch of roles and you don't know what you want to do. And boom, you get laid off, you get terminated, you get something. Something happens. Are you, do you have a leg to stand on? Will you be able to make a pivot? How will you be... I guess in this case, recession proof people to move that. So I find that, um, and that's where you get stuck. That could be where you get stuck again, because you yeah. may be trapped in maybe, you know, someone who's been in the you can see in their resume, like they've been in that company for 15 years um, and they've been moving back and forth. And you don't really know what, what you are anymore because you've been shoved around so much rather. And then when happened, because you think the company is going to be um, taking care of you because you're in this big, large company and nothing's going to happen to you. Because I used to have that illusion and being naive. I yep. a fortune 500 companies. Hey, they're going to take care of me. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been um, impacted layoff several times. Yep. And that's where I've learned. And that's why I'm really trying to connect with my community and tell them through my experience being laid off, um, being terminated as well. Like, 
what did I have a leg to stand on? I mean, it was not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy, but did I have the skills and the ability to jump back in into a different role? And it may not be, and, and especially like, I always see the silver lining of things. Like I really struggle when I got laid off. I'm like, what, what did I do wrong? Like you always <laughs> yeah. blame yourself Yep. what I could do wrong. And then it really was an opportunity to assess the situation you know, did I really like that job or was that the field for me? So, you know, that's a great opportunity and that's going to be your big motivation to make a career change, career move into a different industry role, whatever it is. Um, the silver lining behind it is the key for my experience. And I used to tell that story over and over and over um, just to give people motivation and different perspective that it's not the end all be all. Don't take it personal. It's the business decision at the end of the day. Um, so that's where I find that be able to um, relate that back to tell my story to other people so they can learn from it. Um, and yeah, love it. So when it comes to, cause you mentioned recession proof their career, um, what are some, what would you say the best three tips or actionable advice for folks to start pursuing that path so they can become recession proof in essence? Great questions. For only three tips? <laughs> give give, <laughs> give, give the gamut. Well. Give the gamut. It's the floor is yours, um, Linda. <laughs> so I always promote uh, learning and not staying stagnant. So if there, and again, I'm, I'm stemming back to being multi-passionate because I feel like in this day and age, in this digital world we live in, you got to be multi-passionate and you got to be, be able to diverse, mm. be diversity diverse in different areas. Um, so being recession proof means being current. So, you know, skills that you are learning right now, is it current, whether it's Excel skills or it's Microsoft office or Microsoft project, whatever it is, um, are those current enough that it's in demand if something was to happen now, are you secondly would be, you know, are you taking courses to sharpen some of the skills? Um, like there's always ways you can improve yourself, whether you want an additional license or additional course or just for your own personal interests. You know, if someone's really interested in learning Excel expert on their own. Hey, you can use it in different areas of your personal life as much as your personal, your professional life. So things like that. And um, and also my last advice um, would be just to be in contact with other folks within your industry or the industry you like to tap into or or just having, you know, scheduling coffee chat, um, you know, having those conversation and reaching out to people within your community. LinkedIn is obviously a great um, avenue for that. And just be able to see what else is out there if something was to happen, because you want to be keeping yourself current and um, be ready because anything can happen. It doesn't matter if you're a permanent role. It doesn't mean you're in the role for 15, 20 years. It doesn't matter how close you are with your managers or what it is. Um, you want to be ready if things happened. And you want to be able to protect your brand, protect yourself, and have a leg to stand on if something happens. Love it. So yeah. kind of a part two to that. Um mm -hmm with getting unstuck, do you have, you know, your top five to 10 things, uh, you know, principles that you say, okay, here, here's, we're going to, here's the path to getting unstuck, making sure, which kind of goes to what you just said, right? Learning, <clears throat> kind of opening your network or communicating in your network in your industry there. 
what are some additional ones that where you're talking to the client and like, hey, we're, we're about to get get you unstuck, but I need you to execute on one through 10 or what, whatever that number is. What does that look mm-hmm. like? Well, that can go through again. I, and I think it varies um, on the client and what stage they mm-hmm. are in their career. Um, but the initial step is to so what, whichever situation, whether employed or unemployed, however it is, take mm-hmm. an assessment of where they are right now and be able to dig deep. So we talked about this, not just resume fix up, LinkedIn, pass all that. That's like right. later stage, right? Because we don't want to fix what we don't want it. So taking a deeper dive and figuring it out, um, how can we get you unstuck? So you ha- you're, again, if you are someone who is in the healthcare industry, like my past clients, who is a research coordinator, she wanted to move to project manager, she's looking to move that direction. What was the some areas that we tackled it? So essentially figuring out, you know, what are the skills she has and um, what are the areas of weakness that we can improve on? Because we want to be able to get out of that position. It's different if she wants to stay within healthcare and be able to move um, into a manager role or director role into the, or, you know, whichever profession she, she was hoping to, but she's hoping to make a um, successful career pivot. Right. Um, so be able to figure out what is the skill set that she has and what is she wants to improve on as well as, um, you know, essentially taking a stock of, um, of what she currently has to be able to make that transition. So once she has an idea, so we do a, a complete brain dump. Uh, we're on the call for um, 30 minutes or so, just taking a brain dump. And she's going to take that exercise away and be able to complete that on her own. And we're going to revisit on the next session. That's how the program works. So having an idea of what the uh, skills currently have and what is it it takes to bridge to, you know, later down that road. So again, we're not moving the resume and cover letter. We're, we're figuring out what kind of skills that she'll need to take. So that's where if she wants to upgrade a skill. Mm-hmm. So other than saying that she has the project manager experience, which she probably doesn't have some capacity because I feel like project manager is a vague term that, you could be using a different industry. It's just a matter of how you showcase it when you're interviewing, when you're, doing, you're selling your personal brand um, and be able to um, con- um, translate that into her new positional, like a new personal brand. So once she's working on that um, and, you know, there's, there's there's different programs that she could look into, which we, you know, we do research together to figure out what within her proximity and geographic location and what works for her schedule in order to upgrade those skill sets. And, you know, I do a lot of um, recommendation and and, um, guidance and it's up to her to do her homework to figure out what, again, the onus is on them, right? I'm not (laughs) anybody here. Um, You know, I provide all my recommendation to be able to help her and motivate her and guide her and put the onus on her. So there's a lot of accountability when I'm taking too much, I'm talking to clients to trying to get stuck because at the end of the day, it's your career. It, it, it comes down to how much you want to get in the stuff and how quickly you want to. Mm-hmm. So um, making sure that she you know, does her own research and be able to upgrade those skills essentially. And, um, you know, taking a further step essentially, and, you know, looking to the program, connecting with the coordinator, if she, you know, if it's an institution or if it's, um, at the program or so, um, then, you know, actually taking action. So mm-hmm. we know about lip services and we know about taking action. So once you say <laughs> you're going to do all this, okay, I want to see proof you're doing it. <laughs> right. so, and that's basically 
the theme of the program, taking action. So the onus is on them rather than providing me lip services. Because at the end of the day, after the eight-week program, you're going to set you free. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be there to guide you like in some ways, but I'm not going to be there to, you know. Kind of hold your hand. Exactly. Yeah. So walking them through the process. And um, so essentially my, the breakdown of my program, um, that's the beginning stage, which is very important because it's established the foundation of what they would foresee um, working with me would be like. Like that's more in depth. And, um, and then we start working on, you know, the, the collaterals. So when we have an idea of what her ideal position or career path, at least have an idea, like you're not going to be in that, maybe, you know, she may make another pivot or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that case, then she would, uh, you know, work on your resume. So I give her like the tools and resources, how to build the foundation of your resume. Um, and you being um, a talent acquisition yourself, you've probably seen a whole range of different yeah, resumes. Yep. <laughs> the yep. one on Canva <laughs> being circulating. Um, um, yeah. And um, yeah. So anyways, so teaching her the basic on how to build her own resume, um, tailor her resume, what keywords to look for, give her all the tools, how to do that. And now we're not just building a resume based on our old resumes. We're building a a resume based on her new branding. So mm. we're going to position herself as a project coordinator, specialist, whichever mm. directions that we feel that's going to be a good as a stepping stone. So ideally, probably our coordinator versus a manager. Um, so using that as a stepping stone and rebuilding her personal brand in that sense and just, just giving her the tools and letting her doing it. And essentially at the end of uh, the beginning of next session, I would just, you know, go through and do a homework checkup essentially just to make sure that they complete their the work that's assigned for the accountability purposes and then that's how the programs essentially goes on so for the folks that are uh, that are watching now um i, I don't want to go too in depth because you're giving away a lot of your program i so <laughs> appreciate it. they're like okay i i can, I can really see what it's going to be like working with you. <laughs> uh if you have questions on how to get unstuck go ahead and uh, throw those in the chat and uh, i'll field those to linda so as you're unpacking um you know the process and peeling back the onion. Are you seeing folks getting stuck maybe because fear of transition or is there any pasta imposter syndrome uh, that, that peaks its ugly head in that conversation? Cause it's, you can get a wide variety of reasons why someone wants to, you know, make a transition in, from an industry. And I want to stay on that topic because that's, that's a big one mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of recently. Um, what are some unique things that you may have come across? You were like, oh, okay, well, th- this is a rare reason. And how do we overcome those types of things? I find that I th- fear, like you mentioned, fear is a huge thing, but I feel like the confidence, mm-hmm. um, the confidence be able to think if I was to make a move, you know, will I need, like you mentioned, take a pay cut? Will I need to take um know step back on my career will i need to make a lot of sacrifices mm-hmm. so there's going to be a lot on the table for different people at different stage because if you got a family you got to raise um you got loans to pay off you are you are further in your career you're thinking oh, i'm going to have enough 10 years to retirement why am i going to bother transitioning now i get a whole whack of uh mixed bags there as you see but i think to come back to your questions it's fear and lack of motivation um, and I think, and I'll talk a lot about this in my, especially in IG, uh, about toxic bosses 
And I feel like a lot of, and I'm a victim of this as well, um, just having bosses feel that, you know, not empowering you, um, especially, in the, especially when you're entering a new role or beginning your career or beginning a different career path, when you're making a career pivot, um, there's a lot of bosses out there who are not really good bosses. And they feel the entrapment, the, 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 the employee may feel the entrapment of like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to leave because, you know, he's not very, he or she, not he or she, not very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of awful bosses out there. So the fear of making that move, but not having that support and encouragement. And I'm telling bosses should be like, Hey, you know, you found that job, go ahead and get that job. And, you know, there's going to be those rare bosses who empower you to take on, um, you know, new opportunity. Obviously they don't want to lose a headcount. Right. Um, but there is people out there who just feel that they are not uh, motivated and have the confidence or the ability to get removed themselves from that situation. And I feel like because of the lack of confidence and not feeling that they have um, the ability, the capability to make that transition just because, you know, and, you know, with what's going on right now, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. Um, and managers, whether you have a good relationship or not, they play a role in your your confidence a lot, especially if you look up to them or they've you know been so great to you in the beginning and all of a sudden they, you feel this entrapment, right? Um, so I think just the fear and the lack of confidence just to make that move and just not, not knowing how to navigate through the mm-hmm. lows of your career as well as the highs. So just figuring it out and and not having, you know, I always talk about having a mentor in your um, career at different stages of your career. It doesn't matter if you're 20 years or you're just fresh out of school. Like having a mentor is so important. Like I'm part of um, HR uh, professional association here in Canada as a, as a licensed HR professional. And I've mentored a lot of HR students, um, different stages of career, not just fresh out of school, but, um, you know, in the mid level of their career too. And I find that um, a lot of students, or sorry, a lot of students, a lot of younger folks mm-hmm. um, feel like they're at a loss, whether, and especially in HR, you think you, you know, you have a more of a, dif- you're, you're, perceived to have more of a defined career path, but sometimes in HR, just like mm-hmm. there. So having a mentor, whether it's within your industry or just someone who's more senior to you and having that ability, just kind of bounce ideas off um, and, you know, networking and just uh, be able to figure out what is it you want to do next and um, get over that fear because it's going to take more than one conversation. Um, having that mentor and committing yourself to, um, having that conversation with that mentor, you know, every two weeks or, you know, a, a, at least once a month to keep yourself accountable and, you know, keep each other's on tabs. Cause for the mentor, there is beneficial for, for having the mentee. Cause you obviously, mm-hmm. can, you know, you feel like, you know, I'm able to help the younger generation or like someone who needs guidance. Um, that's how I least what, that's how what I got involved in mentoring as well. Um, but helping them building that confidence to get over the fear to make that move is such a huge factor across all my clients. And I see that's a common theme. Well, I mean, that is that is a very interesting point that you don't hear a lot about. And I want to emphasize that um, both for anyone who's listening and will catch the replay that are in a position of management, that it's almost like you can compare it to a bad relationship. Right. It's. Yeah. Do I make the shift 
because this toxic relationship here at company A, am I going to get that at company B? I don't know. I'm fearful of, like you said, making the leap because is it the same everywhere? Um, so that's that's very interesting to see that folks are sharing that to say, hey, I'm scared to leave, but I'm not getting empowerment. I'm not getting support. What's the point? Am I If I'm going to leave, how do I know I'm not going to get the same thing there? I could have stayed here and I'm 10 years in and I have, you know, some tenure or whatever, some, some benefits, et cetera, built up. That's that's a that's a unique point of view. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So managers empower your people, yes, right? Sure. Whether to move up or move out. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So I um, want to be mindful of the time. With that, what are some you, you touched on a little bit, but any personal journey that you can share to where you found yourself kind of like, yes, I need to do this to get myself unstuck. I, yes, I, I have these skills. Why not? Why am I in this headspace? I need to shift my mindset. Anything that you've gone through, because you said you've been through a few layoffs as mm -hmm. have I, um, me as well. Mm -hmm. So I know that space, but any personal journeys you can share that that'll hit home with some folks? Of course. Um, yeah, so I mentioned, um, yeah, I've been laid off a few times. And I, at first, I mean, those who impacted with the first few layoffs, it's going to be shocked because they're like, what did I do wrong? You know, I thought I'm like, you know, um, walking on water or, you know, essentially it's such a great employee, employee of the month or whoever you say you think you are. Um, so the, the fact that like for personal experience from mind, uh, when I first experienced laid off, I was shocked. I was actually, um, and I shared this before, I was um, coming back from maternity leave um, mm -hmm. with my first daughter. And um, um, and I think being a woman who is impacted by this has speaks, and I, I'm sure that and I, when I brought up the story on the social media, a lot of women have reached out to me too because it's something that we, people talk about but don't share. And I'm all about sharing my story to help someone else. I think that's why I started my business too, just based on the stories that I shared. And so uh, back to that, when I got laid off, after I came back from maternity leave, um, I was shocked. I was, wow. I felt like, what else could I be doing in my life? Like, obviously, I have a newborn. And um, HR is all I know. I thought that's all I knew. So I felt really stuck. I'm like, okay, so what is what can I do at that point in my career? And it took me a couple of months to really assess is this, I mean, to really assess that situation, was this something that I really enjoyed doing? HR has always been my bread and butter, but right. the industry itself, toxic manager I had, the people, I, the people I work with was great. It's just the manager and the environment was just very toxic, but I toughed it out because I felt like I could continue proving myself. And that's the naive part of me thinking, you know, I tough it out. My manager's going to see that I'm a shining star one day. Um, mm. Look at that. Came back. Next one out. So um, that's the story um, that I really want to share with people that, you know, when it comes to those kind of decisions, it's tough decisions, but it's not personal. I would imagine they've, um, you, you know, at the time they're doing recovery restructuring. So I was the next one out and they uh, were able to hire upper, upper HR professional. Um, but with that said, I took it personal because especially if someone who's having been impacted, Someone's come from maternity leave and um, kids are expensive, right? So we know that <laughs> uh, um, we just, uh, I took a really hard hit, but I didn't jump back into the job market right away 
because I was very fortunate, um, obviously, given a, a nice severance package, but I was able to really take this opportunity to assess the situation and really think about, did, is that the industry I want to go back in? Is that the career path I want to go back in? Because I was burnt out working. Um, give you a bit of more tech context. I was the only HR manager for a facility of 200 people uh, running the whole show. And um, it was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. and that was a unionized work environment too. So it was super busy. Um, but I figure, okay, that wasn't the environment I want to go back into. So it took two, three months off, did some traveling and be able to really assess, okay, this is the opportunity to make a career move, not dictated by my employer to get unstuck from my situation and not be entrapped into those type of environment. Took my time, be able to land my next career and be able to and be able to find the the the, um, the flexibility in the next career that I was able to land. Um, and I, I I mean, the silver lining behind all this is, you know, obviously, unfortunately, I was laid off. But the fact that I was able to take two, three months off just to kind of really assess and gather my thoughts, because emotionally, we say it's okay, but we really got to be able to tell ourselves, you know, are we really emotional? Okay, are we, you know, are we able to make the next career move? And, you know, talking to a lot of um, people out there at the moment and reaching out to my mentor, she gave me a lot of support and maybe a lot of guidance that, you know, you know, this is your opportunity to look for something that you really want. Mm -hmm. um, now you have another mouth to feed another person in the picture. Uh, what can you do to be able to, you know, provide that flexibility and that balance, um, you know, having a family and all. So yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. So for anybody out there, um, who's been impacted recently or currently um, going through through that right now, I really want to stress that um, ability is just a matter of um, your timing to find what's right for you and just finding more a a purposeful career and be able to utilize this opportunity to get back out there and, and really gave me a sense of mind to be able to do that and tap into another um, industry. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's really good. I love the way that you, again, unpack, you start off unpacking and diving deep before really tackling some of the, the mechanics of it. So they fully understand, um, you know, where they're at, because there can be some emotional stuff that pop up mm -hmm. in that conversation to where now you're putting on almost like a therapist hat and be like, whoa, OK, we didn't know this. So are you sure you're ready mentally? Are you prepared to make the switch? Right. You don't you don't know what what's on the other side of that um, of the, of that transition until you get there. So love that about you. So uh, here's a last question for you. Okay. Um, when it comes to well, actually go break down the different elements of your coaching. Cause you do, you do an eight week course, but you also do resume LinkedIn and, and what else? Oh yeah, of course. So um, the eight week course is um, eight week private coaching mm -hmm. uh, program um, with daily homework. <laughs> um, not daily, sorry, weekly, I should say weekly homework. Um, so yeah, so the eight week program is uh, my signature program is called your next, um, your, so your roadmap to career success program. And then um, I do offer a power hour. So essentially my power hours typically very popular towards the end of the year and um, beginning or towards the end of the year, just because there's a lot of performance reviews um, that's going on and people want to come in and 
want to be empowered, want to be able to set them up for success. So my Power Hour essentially creates a customized action program for uh, my clients. Um, recently, I had a client who um, wanted to... Um, who, deserve, who felt like she deserved a promotion, a raise, and all that? Um, she felt she was over, she was looked over um, during the pandemic, and she was just, you know, doing everybody's work because people were being people were leaving and being laid off left, right, and center. So she's clicking clicking all the pieces, and she just felt like she deserved more. So I, um, you know, took all that information during consult and was able to build her a five step action plan. So this is more of a collaborative approach. It's not just her or not just my work. It's a collaborative approach. She provided me the details. I provide her a structured five-step program or, or sorry, five-step um, action plan um, and be able to detail um, and be able to help her how to facilitate that and just essentially build a case when you yeah. are you know, presenting yourself during a performance review or just a conversation with your manager. And typically, um, women that I've worked with um, feel you know, I deserve a raise or I deserve a promotion, but they didn't need to build a case around it. So how do we find facts, be able to support your case, internal facts and external uh, facts. So just helping them having conversations around difficult topics. So performance review, anything along negotiation. I find a lot of women um, are um, more timid. They're, they're more reserved. So I want to be able to empower them here. This is the five at five step action plan. This is what, um, you're going to help me fill in and we can execute it. And then just do a quick mock session with them as well. So that's my power hour. Um, on top of that, um, I do provide ad hoc um, resume and resume services, um, LinkedIn optimization and um, interview prep. Like, I love interview prepping, um, obviously background recruiting. Yep. Um, yeah. So interview prepping is something that I really get to um, teach them the, the know-hows and the tricks and how to really um, empower empower them to shine during the interview because we all get bogged down when these questions like tell me about yourself you know tell me about your weakness and they're like staring at you like like how do I answer that and you, you obviously can relate our life yeah. like give me like seven eight minute quest answers to those questions I'm just like yeah. next client <laughs> next candidate like, yeah yeah no <laughs> so how to really refine and kind of contract the response mm -hmm. really hitting the key points so interview thing uh, interview prepping is definitely an area of my interest and love it I, I say sometimes uh when i used to coach folks is if you respond to a question and there's no follow-up question to it you pretty much answered it pretty well as long as you structured it like you said you structured it right but if an interviewer is saying oh tell me more and tell me more um I look, I look at that as if you didn't provide enough detail in the initial. So they're like, um, yeah, dig a little deeper. And then that, that kind of counts against you. Like he or she didn't answer the question initially. So they're like, Hmm, are they paying attention or not listening? Do they not yeah. uh, you know how to respond? Well, so I, I, again, I love, it's just a testament to you, um, the detail and how you provide your coaching. So it's very, very structured for folks. Again, that are listening, uh, you absolutely want to partner with Linda. So, where can folks find you? Grab your program. Tell them where your IG is because uh, <laughs> they can get a wealth of information from yes. there as well. Uh, of course, I'm on LinkedIn. That's how we connected Orlando. Um, Instagram, yeah, my handle is um, your next career with Linda. Um, lots of lots of exciting free content uh, on career advice and my personal story that we discussed here. And um, yeah, I'm also on TikTok as well. 
Um, a lot of my content on my other platforms are more reels. So a lot of, I, I, I was talking to Orlando earlier about how like I try to um, make my content more engaging and more humorous in a way, but um, because at the end of the day, I feel like my, my community enjoys this type of content and they more absorb the material. Um, so that's how I was able to um, be able to provide content that way, just, just through a lot of short um, content, short videos, um, and through a lot of reels. So, yeah. Love it. And also, um, sorry, and then okay. also my website's www.nextcareerwithlinda.com. That's where you find more details about my programs, um, some of the services I offer, and a little bit about me as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Linda. Uh, reaching out again. Um, I, when I, I think I came across you first on IG. Because oh. some of uh, some of the followers that I know, I had them on the guest. I was like, oh, who's this? And then started looking through the feed. I was like, good advice. Good advice. And then I was like, let me see if she's on LinkedIn. <laughs> on LinkedIn. So, uh, but absolutely. Thank you so much for your expertise. Um, your detail in this conversation alone. I believe it was a coaching session for someone. Like they they get a, a close up. If you if you wasn't taking notes, folks, I don't know what you were doing, but you you pretty much got coached just now on your next career with Linda. So, thank you again so much. Uh, any last? Well, one of the questions I do ask is, what's your daily kind of personal mantra that gets you up every day to make you do what you you do now? I would say um, just knowing that get me up every day. So I would just say essentially know that I have um, a role that I play, whether it's um, a personal role as a wife, mother, daughter, or as uh, professionally as, you know, being in the coaching space, be able to help somebody and be an important role, being an impact um, and uh, be able to help others in that kind of way. So I feel like whether it's a personal level, where this professional level, I, you know, greatly want to be able to help make an impact and um, be able to help them in their lives in that way. So that's what I guess gets me up every day, making a difference in people's lives. I love yeah. it. You have a role to play. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much again, Linda. Uh, I'm going to close this out with a quick video, but folks stay tuned, connect, share her content. Uh, I'm sure she'll answer any question for you. Thank you so much again, Linda. Thank you so much for having me.